Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So how do you stay up to date on all of the excitement? You download the Odyssey app, you search Pucks and Bolts, you hit that auto-download button so that all of those brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you. Better yet, share it with friends, family, other hockey fans, because who does not want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning? Nobody should not want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if they don't, I don't think they're a real hockey fan. That's just my personal opinion. I am your host, Casey Hudson, joined by what should be a very familiar voice, an enthusiastic voice, a roar throughout the NHL right now, arena host and block party co-host, Greg Wolf. Good morning, Greg. Happy Monday. How's well, it going? Casey. Going great, man. This is a, It's an exciting week uh, that we have coming up here. Uh, I can't believe that it's actually here now, but uh, NHL All-Star Week, the break is here and Heading down to sunrise on Wednesday to uh, to get in depth with all of the festivities down there. It's going to be super exciting. Oh yeah, I feel like it took forever to get here, yet we got here so quickly. Right? And it's my first NHL All Star Week, so maybe I was just overly anticipating it. But sure. speaking of that, you hit the trifecta. So first and foremost, a massive congratulations to you. Um, I don't think people realize the work, the tireless work that goes into showing up for every home game, bringing the energy, and then let alone being pulled in different directions because you host another, you know, with USF and all these other things. And then you get something like this, you know, stadium series, classic, NHL All-Star Week. Where's your head been at with all of this? Uh, That's a great question. Um, You know, it's it's been a little surreal this year. when you get a call from the NHL, from the league offices, uh, asking you to hold dates, um, that re- alone is remarkable in itself. But when they said, you know, hold dates, like plural, uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's just going to be one of these events. And then they're like, no, we're, we're bringing you in for Winter Classic. We're bringing you in to host All-Star. We're bringing you in uh, for the stadium series. Uh, in a few weeks up in Raleigh, I was blown away. I mean, again, to be 
to be on the Rolodex, so to speak, the call list, if you will, for the National Hockey League yeah. is a humongous honor uh, because, you know, there's 30 plus teams in the league, which, you know, not every team necessarily has a host, but most do. And so to be chosen as, you know, one of their top picks out of all the teams in the league is not only a testament, you know, to the work that I've put in, but it's a testament to the entire Lightning Vision crew and the Lightning organization as a whole because of the product that we put uh, put on the ice and in the arena every single game night. It's a testament to the hard work that everybody does. So for them to look at us here in Tampa and want to use the Tampa host uh, for these massive events, it's uh, it's humbling. It's uh, it's just crazy. You know, literally the Winter Classic was just a few weeks ago, and now it's like we're getting ready for All-Star, and then I'm going to blink, and it's going to be Stadium Series, and it's just crazy. It's it's. Uh, but this is what I've worked so hard for. I mean, this is my 16th mm-hmm. season as host for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and, you know, never really had an opportunity to capitalize on these big league events. It was never something that I strived for. I always wondered, you know, how are they choosing the people that are doing the Winter Classic or the Heritage Classic or whatever it was, and you know, just kept my nose to the grind. And, um, you know, they they were here in 2018 when we had All-Star here. And I guess you could say that was kind of like an audition, so to speak, for them to to see what we do here in Tampa. And the rest has been history after that. I've done at least, at least one league event really since 2018, taking out COVID, uh, you know, going back to the All-Star and then the Global Series and then the Stanley Cup runs and uh, last year's All-Star. And so it's it's just been nonstop. It's been amazing. Which is fantastic. And I mean, like you said, it's such a testimony to just kind of keeping, keeping faith for one, but just, you know, hands to the plow, stare forward, and you never know what opportunity is going to come your way. Um, Because again, it's, it's exhausting and you look up and then you're like, I've been doing this for so long. And then it just starts rolling out. So extremely well-deserved, Greg. I mean, from the time that I was just a fan sitting in the arena, hearing you talk to now being a media member, you know, the excitement, the enthusiasm, it's real. And look, there is no team that it's harder to probably ramp up than when everything alludes to a storm and the thunder. Cause right. you and JP Peterson, like you got to have a roar in you to create the, the, the effect of what you're representing. So it's so. exciting. It's massive. And once again, congratulations, which kind of takes us into all-star week a little bit more. Sure. So when you do the winter classic, you know, you've got the two teams that they're focused on then stadium right. series, you got the two teams that they're focused on all-star week is the best of the best. So how do you go into that and not be biased? Because we constantly have to be enthusiastic about guys like Nikita Kucherov, the biggest snub of them all. I will not relax on this. Braden Point not being in it. But, like, how do you go in and bring the excitement and try to love – not try. All these guys are lovable because hockey is just amazing. But, you know, have the exact enthusiasm for everyone across the board. And what are you most looking forward to this weekend? That's a great question. Um, it is hard to only temper your excitement just for your your guys, you know, Vazzy and Cooch. But again, I mean, you know, I'm a professional and, you know, the league looks at us because of that, that they know that we're pros and we can kind of uh, be a chameleon, so to speak, for the needs that they need us to execute on these game days and these activities. So um, I just try to channel that same energy, that same uh, vibe uh, for the entire event as a whole. Again, it's exciting. Like you said, it's not just about, you know, the lightning guys. It's like you said, the best of the best in the, in the world that are going to mm-hmm. be uh, showcasing their skills and everything that they have to offer for fans. So, 
you just have to, you know, look at the big picture and realize that, you know, you are also a part of that presentation. You're a part of the pomp and circumstance, if you will. So you just have to put on that hat and realize, you know, you're going from a lightning hat and then putting on an NHL hat. Um, but again, it's just you soak up the moments. You live in the moment. Um, it is pretty remarkable, again, to, to be up close and personal with a lot of these guys that we don't really get an opportunity to see all that often here in Tampa or, you know, to really get to know these individuals. So, I mean, I'm just super excited, <coughs> excuse me, just at the um, the opportunity to engage um, with guys that we don't really have an opportunity to do so here in Tampa. So um, it's a fun, exciting week of events. There's a lot of cool things um, a lot of innovative things that they bring into the skills competition and, you know, kind of putting a, a, um, a, a stamp, if you will, the fact that we're in Florida. And so you're going to see some things mm -hmm. this year like you did in Vegas when they were on the strip trying to hit the cards on the board. And you're going to see some very Florida, um, <laughs> very Florida-esque things that are going to be. Uh, mixed in with this year's all-star festivities so i'm excited because again we're florida people we're florida florida yeah. crew so you know to go down south and represent i think we're going to represent quite well for sure yeah and it is it is huge for florida because of course <laughs> if, if you noticed in our opening we have to clarify every show that you know florida has can do hockey and tampa is a hockey town and people as well as the players are making it clear that tampa has become one of the most flourishing hockey towns the fan base here is tremendous and almost untouchable you know you've got your you got your top six but for an audience and a fan base to kind of match that energy sure. is tremendous so what's the coolest thing that you that you've experienced at nhl all-star week or that you know a skill because, of course, in these games, they're so fast-paced, and for the most part, guys have to stick to the fundamentals, you know, Correct. small steps to execute. But then, like, if there's one thing that you're excited to see or what kind of cements an audience, like, what kind of brings in a fan base to be like, oh, hockey's worth watching? Because I feel like hockey doesn't get enough credit. I know that they're growing. They get comparisons to soccer a lot. How can this yeah. platform with NHL All-Star Weekend kind of bring in new fans? Well, I think, you know, a lot of it is also the personalities, right? So we know mm -hmm. the guys that we have here in Tampa. We know their personalities. But there are some really electric personalities across the NHL. And this is really an opportunity for fans who may not know some of these, these guys, whether they're in their markets or not but to really see them and see their personalities they get to put their talents uh, mixed in with some of the fun things about them whether that's in the skills the shootout uh you know and again some of the the ancillary events that they have going on but it's really a cool um you know off the cuff uh not so buttoned up and informal type of events that they have planned which again i think allows fans to um, not just see the X's and O's of the game. It allows them to see the skills that these guys have to kind of put them in certain situations that they would never really be in and to kind of see how they react in those situations and what kind of skills that they have uh, to execute whatever challenges are put in front of them. You don't really see a whole of that, a lot of that with any other sports. You may see it in football. Obviously, we know with the Pro Bowl and how they've tweaked that now with a flag football game and they're doing a skills competition and the quarterback challenges and stuff. But besides that, in the in the uh, baseball world, you see the the home run derby and the All Star game. You don't really see a whole lot of variations um, in professional um, sports leagues 
but the NHL really does an amazing job of embracing the new and the creative and allowing the players and their personalities to shine. So for people that may not be huge hockey fans, this is a great opportunity this week to check out the, the, the skills competitions, to check out the mascot game, which is always hilarious to see all the mascots on the ice literally <laughs> playing a full game, which I'll be hosting that with my buddy Mike Todd, uh, who's the host in Columbus. But it's just so funny because the mascots, like, they really go out there and play. And that will actually happen immediately following uh, the skills competition on Friday. So, again, there's just all these different things that the league does um, during this week of events to really showcase that. And I, I think that that's different than any of the other sports leagues. I couldn't agree more. I mean, honestly, hockey is one of the most athletic sports in the world because these guys not only have hand-eye coordination and foot-eye coordination, but it's the, you know, the small details, the precision. They make mm -hmm. me feel like I don't have 20-20 vision and I'm right. consistently at the doctor getting that checked out. So we'll figure that out eventually. Uh, they make me feel so unathletic. They're barbaric and they're and they're beasts and they're doing everything that they do on a slice of metal. You know what I mean? Like to really right and like everything that they're doing, they're doing it on a piece of metal. It's it's mind blowing, yeah. really, what goes into it. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And then the pace behind it, too. So I would be like, if we could slow this down seven notches, I might be an athlete on the ice. Outside of that, I have no idea. A knife on a boot, basically. Yeah. It's just, it's it's extremely, it's extremely extreme, which is why I gravitate to her because I love extreme sports. I kind of grew up big on them. And then yeah. all of a sudden hockey became this thing. But, and the funny part too, I want to get your take on this before we move on, is I swear the NHL has the best mascots because oh they God. really embrace their personality as a mascot. The mascot hate and love is the most diehard I've seen it out of any sport. And I've covered the NFL for almost 10 years. Sure. Would you agree? <laughs> 100%. I think, again, um, the, the mascot game in the NHL, again, by far is superior to all of the other sports because how engaged they are with the fan base, um, how they're, like you said, their personalities reflect the team and the fan base. I immediately think of gritty, uh, you know, yes. I think, you know, like he's a perfect example. Even Thunderbug is, is super zany and just in your face and just 
they make the atmosphere fun, right? And so, mm -hmm. but they take it to umpteenth levels. Gritty is a perfect example of that bug. This year, especially taking things up a notch. Um, and I'm excited to engage with all of them. I've had the opportunity now a few times to engage with them. Um, but they really do enhance the, the game experience. And I love the fact that all of the, the teams that have embraced their mascots have, have really pushed their mascots and they've all become their own uh, celebrity, if you will. So when you get them all together in one spot, you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> and I saw that at All-Star last year when we were literally in the middle of a break, me and Katie Marie and all of them came charging at us and their confetti and their silly <laughs> string to get anything to get us off of our game. And it came out of nowhere. And it was all of them. <laughs> so we got bombarded in the middle. I mean, but that's what they want. That's what the league wants. They just want organized chaos at these events. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to get. I love that you described it that way. Organized chaos. Yep. We love good chaos. Now, we've talked about skills. We've talked about NHL All-Star Week. But honestly, there's a bigger conversation here. It's the 12 consecutive home wins mm. of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anybody who watches hockey all season long knows that this is this is the turning point. This is where you really have to evaluate where a team sits. Right. Out of these 12 consecutive wins, what was the most electrifying game for you? Uh, that could either be like, had you unable to exhale until that final buzzer or just the fans? You know, the sellout at Emily Arena has been tremendous. Oh, yeah, we're over 300 plus continuous sellouts. And again, when you when you have a consistently good product like the Lightning have had for the last decade, I mean, that just goes hand in hand. Um, yeah. But yeah, to, to I mean, really, the the Boston game, um, you know, the fact that we kind of now, I mean, set off a, a, a losing streak, if you will, uh, for Boston, who has just been absolutely destroying yep. It three this year, losses. three straight L's that started with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, that was probably the most intense game again because we know uh, how it is when Boston comes to town, right? But their fans are rabid, and their fans will do everything to get their hands on tickets. And so we saw that for that particular game that it was pretty much a 50-50 house at Amelie. Yeah. Uh, it was probably out of all the games this season so far that was most like a playoff atmosphere. It was intense. The game was intense. There was fights. It got chippy. Our fans were loud. Their fans were trying to cheer with the let's go Bruins and our fans would come right Oof. back in and shut them down. I mean, it was like that the entire game. It was like that. So that playoff intensity was there. It was unmatched again, the 12 game streak right now at home. I think that was the culmination of all the hard work that the guys have been putting in to try to figure out the different line combinations. And we've had some injuries and, you know, guys that have had to fill in, you know, for guys that have been out. And I really think now, you know, coming into the break, we are really clicking. We're gelling right now. Mm -hmm. The way do. I, I still don't think we've played our best hockey yet. And yep. that's part of the process. You lose some guys and you have to add some, um, some figures into the mix and, I think that's kind of where we're at at this point of the season. And I definitely think that that Boston game so far has been the one of this 12 game homestand that really sticks out the most as has been the most intense um, and is showing the grit in the heart of our team right now. Yeah, it was insane. At some point you couldn't even tell who was cheering for whom because right. the, it was split down so the loud. middle. It was like, yeah. am, I, am I hearing Bruins or am I bolts? This is terrifying. Yeah, but it was loud. It's funny. 
because it takes me to a conversation um because we also have a bucks podcast and Mm -hmm. a lot of guys that we were interviewing towards the end of the season there they were like please stop selling your tickets to opposing fans you can't and then somebody asked me do i think that there were season ticket holders or anybody for for bolts that was just selling their tickets to bruins fans and i'm like there's no way i think that that many bostonians or you know boston fans just happen to live in hockey town um because i don't picture like bolts ever giving away their tickets unless they actually cannot make it so the atmosphere was insane it was hard to make out boston bruins bolts and I wish that we can get, or I hope we get a chance to get that going again. But you mentioned the lines. I'm a big fan of the Cooper shuffle. Um, yep. I also love when he just does it, throws the lines in the blender in the middle of the game and, and sees what sparks come about. Sure. The line that's kind of, that's drawing the most attention to me in these last three games particularly is that Ross Colton, Nick Paul, and Pat Maroon line. I loved Nick Paul at center. Now they threw him out left. You got Colton working in the middle. And then yep. isn't Patty left-handed working on the right side, which has kind yeah. of always been his thing. Right. But again, What's I mean, your... I, again, I think that just goes to the coaching staff and, and Cooper, um, you know, like you said, it's a chess match, right? We all know this. It's just like in football too. And in, in most sports, it becomes a chess match and it's about, adjustments it's about looking at how uh the gameplay is going whether that's in the first period second or heading into the third and i think coach cooper is a mastermind when trying to figure out balances and strengths and trying to figure out if this isn't working or this player is not matched up well against this rush he adjusts and he has no there's no necessarily rhyme or reason that we'll ever understand with his way of thinking but He's gotten us to this point for a reason, right? So mm-hmm. you're always going to see those quirky line combinations. And when they work, they are remarkable. And you see mm-hmm. things and guys that you may not have saw, like you said, in a different position on the line. And that's just that's just who Cooper is. And he knows his guys so well. And he knows where they're going to be best suited to have the most success. And that's what good coaches do. And again, yes. even Perbix the other night with the three assists, like, I just feel like the piece, and that's been the biggest concern, I think, for Bolts fans and Bolts Nation is when we lost, you know, Ryan McDonough, we lost Jan Rue, we lost pieces to the puzzle, and then everybody Mm -hmm. freaks out because they're like, how are we ever going to replace this person? But has Julian Brisebois not proven himself at this point to know when we lose a certain piece of the puzzle that he's going to find the right piece? And it may not happen right away. And you may not understand the method to the madness, but there's always a reason for it. And you may not understand it right away. But then when it starts to show and rear and you're like, wow, like, did you, did you see that? And like, he passed it because <laughs> that's the, that's the, what's the word I'm looking at? The experiments, right? He's trying to experiment. Mm-hmm to figure out what's going to be the best result. And that takes time. It doesn't happen in one game. It's going to happen over a few games. It's going to happen over a few shifts. And so Mm -hmm. I think, like I said, we're at the halfway point, so to speak, of the season. And I think we're now starting to see where some of these combinations are working and against which teams. Because, again, every team is different. Every talent level is different. So Cooper, Breezebois, the whole coaching staff, I mean, again, I feel like that's – why we thrive and why we're so good is because they do that so well. Oh, absolutely. No, it makes complete sense because you said the name that I've been so high on for months now and it's Nick Perbix, but it could be biased. I feel like this organization does so well at finding these guys that they, 
let's 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 put it this way let's paint a funky picture here when girls try to search for potential in a guy and the potential is never exposed and they wasted their time the lightning right. don't have that problem the right. lightning see the potential in somebody and it actually goes somewhere so we right. talked with ed and cena last week about nick Purvix, and it was like look they were just bringing him in because bogosian was hurt you know people were freaking out over mcdonough being gone and like yep. you know how are we going to re-solidify the pairings and defense here and and Purvix was just kind of supposed to be a plug-in and then he turns mm -hmm. into be I want to say that guy, he's yeah. fearless offensively. He's so strategic. He's smart. He actually plays chess in his off time. Once upon a time, that's fantastic in my opinion. So right. the element of surprise is always there in these players. It's just mm -hmm. finding that moment. And then they flourish from there. Perfect's having a three point night. I couldn't have been more excited for the guy. And I think that he's beyond just getting started. I do too. And, and again, um, it's the, I don't want to say the diamonds in the rough, but I feel like, our staff, our scouts, they're looking for certain things in players that they see the potential. We may not see it right away with some of these guys. Like you said, Perfect's supposed to be a fill-in guy because Bogo, we had a situation, and that's what it was supposed to be. But they saw something that we never would see, and now you're starting to see that flourish because he's been put in a situation that hopefully breeds success. And for him, as a skilled player that he is, he may not have found that in a previous team or on a previous line, but he's finding mm -hmm. that nucleus and finding that uh, congruency here with these guys. And you never know. You never know when that diamond in the rough is all of a sudden going to turn into a star. And I think we're mm -hmm. starting to see the development of Perbix with our team, and you're starting to see how skilled and how great of a player and how smart of a player he really is. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah, you can never appreciate hockey IQ more than when you just see it flourishing on the ice. And and that's Nick Perfects, in my opinion, which kind of takes us over to another congratulations, co-host of the Block Party. Yeah. All I mean, Tampa Bay fans love this podcast, but even like hockey fans in general love this podcast because in my personal opinion, covering hockey for four years, being a fan outside of it, um, you know, it doesn't get enough of a light. They're just now getting there. People are just starting to get an idea for the how much personality or how funny and great yeah. these guys genuinely are. And we is is this sport. It's no I, it's we. And no matter what questions you ask, it comes back to we. What's been the most exciting part about being the co-host of this podcast? And like, I know that you guys are just kind of getting started, but you know, your favorite conversations so far or insight? Oh, it's a great question. Um, well, I mean, it has been a huge uh, an honor uh, to take over the helms for the block party. You know, I, I thank Seth for everything he did to kind of build the block party, obviously through crazy times, through COVID times. And, uh, you know, we've gotten through that. And, you know, he had another opportunity that he took. And 
Um, you know, I know that was his baby and he was very passionate about it and finding the right person to kind of take over the helms. You know, he and I had multiple discussions and really gave me his blessing. And that was a huge thing for me to kind of get his blessing on something that he had kind of built. And, you know, with Coburn, uh, you know, when Girardi started it, you know, years ago, four years ago, um, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think they really had an idea necessarily at that time where the block party was going to go and how it was going to develop. And, you know, now Coburn's taking it over. Uh, in the last year. And Kobe is fantastic. He is an amazing He's coach. Funny. He's really good. And, and, you know, Kobe has that desire. He has that drive in him. He wants to get better. I feel like this is the avenue he's now taking with his career. He filled in uh, the game the other night because um, Espo, um, he had to take care of some business. So uh, Kobe hopped on with Michigan and called the game the other night and did a fantastic job. I was listening to him on the post game stuff and his insight. Again, I think that Kobe brings so much to the table as a former player and he has so much history with these guys, like the stories that Kobe pulls out of these guys. <laughs> I would never know this stuff. You know what I mean? Like he just has so much in-depth, uh, knowledge because he's grown up with a lot of these guys and you know when they were kids like him talking with Shenner and him and his brother and you know on the moose uh the pond back up in Saskatchewan and, like the things that they're talking about I almost feel like I'm just sitting there and they're the ones <laughs> and then I hop in when like I, I feel like it's it's the right moment to chime in so um it's been great working with Kobe uh you know and again I think for our fans too you know, having me be a part of it, being the host for the last 16 years in game, it brings some familiarity uh, to our yes. fans with the voice. And, you know, we know Greg. And so for me, you know, again, I never really have had a whole lot of opportunities to interact with our players because, again, they're on the ice. I'm in the stands. You know what I mean? Unless it's mm -hmm. an off the ice event, a charity event, a community event, there's not a whole lot of time that I get to interact with these guys. So yeah. I have the chance now to do the block party has really been like a, a dream of mine to get to know these guys a little bit better off the ice. And the block mm -hmm. party has now availed me that opportunity to do so. And I'm loving the opportunity that I've been given to, to get more in depth with these guys off the ice. Let's talk about your journey. Let's talk about how you got from point A to point B because people are fascinated by that. And they also want to know what you do off the ice. What are some of your routines? <laughs> what are some of the things you love to do? What are some of your favorite spots to hang out and eat in Tampa? And like, that's the kind of reality that our fans want to get and, and to know more about our players. And I think that's mm -hmm. kind of what the block party has done is to give them that insight to make them feel like they're in the same room with us having a conversation with these guys. And a lot of the times I'll take when I know where we're going to have a specific player, I'll take to uh, the socials and ask the fans if they want to ask questions. Like if I'm going to talk to so-and-so, is there anything you want to know? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, actually today on the show, uh, we have uh, Brian Elliott, the moose oh. uh, joins the block party, which dropped today. So if you guys have a chance, make sure you check out uh, the bolts block party. Brian Elliott was awesome. There's some amazing stuff that the moose tells us about his childhood and growing up that you're definitely going to want to hear um, next week's episode, which I cannot say yet, but we had to get it knocked out before all star um, has been a player who has never been on the block party there's only a few really that, yeah has never been on so that makes you go hmm who has never been on humongous fan favorite never been on the show that's all i'm going to give you uh and i will tell you he was <laughs> exceptional and i'm really excited for the fans to to see and hear this podcast which will air 
February 6th. But that's all I'm giving you for now. Uh, wow. Is on, so. Way, way to leave us on our seats. But it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. Because getting to know these guys outside of just what you see on the ice – this yep. is something else that I love about hockey is that an opportunity like this and, and hearing the uh, block party and I caught a little bit of Brian Elliott's to begin with. So definitely worth a listen. Um, all of it's worth a listen. It's the fact that, you know, in other sports, the drama is starting to kind of excel a little bit and it's coming into this whole athletes are products versus people conversation. And I yeah. feel like a, a show like that, an opportunity like that really shows you the people side and makes you love that the game as well as these people so much more. One of the ones that I loved listening to was you guys talking with Alex Kalorn, you know, mm -hmm. killer took on the influencer persona, but there's still so much privacy there just because of their time and their schedules. You know, when they get a minute to breathe, they need that minute to breathe. Right. I don't think people realize the different routes there are in hockey juniors, not doing juniors college route, not doing college route, getting drafted at 18 versus getting drafted at a different age. Like these guys have no control of their life from 10 years old till they get a solidified career potentially at 22 and then some. So right. go listen to the block party because you just, you see so much human and you have so much respect for these guys and their journeys. And trust me, the journey avenues that these guys have, it's not just like two or three different journeys. Like oh, these no. guys can take 17 different journeys to get to the NHL and it's yeah. insane. Um, so yes, block party, Greg Wolf, Braden Coburn, go listen. That takes me to a question though. When I listened to you guys on the block party, you got a chance to do the, the the global trip with with the team. You went to yeah. Sweden, and yeah. everyone talks about that being the turning point for the success mm -hmm. in this organization. Um, yep. That bonding in the locker room and post games, the guys always talk about the fact that road trips are important because they get that time together. That's where they bond. What were some experiences that you didn't expect to have, or some uh, some things that you learned about these guys on that Sweden trip, they can kind of confirm with fans like, yeah, this was a turning point of significance for this team. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking to killer about that. Um, you know, being in Sweden alone, you know, that alone was a remarkable opportunity flying on the team plane. Um, that's an experience. Unlike anything. I, I don't know if I'll ever get to experience anything like that. Not only just flying on a, on the team plane, but flying on a global trip with the team, it's hard to put into words what that experience was like. Just a flight alone was the probably one of the coolest things. That <laughs> I, I mean, literally, because like you realize these are professional top level athletes, right? So you have a chartered flight that we actually left from New York. And there was only a handful of us from the organization that went over that weren't players like myself, mm -hmm. our social media uh, person, our game day director, obviously Thunderbug. Very few people from the Lightning staff went on this trip. So Unless you were like team coaches, you know, uh, you know the staff. PR. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just a few of us. So you get on this charter flight, and you're literally, you know, you're all dressed in lightning like warm up suits, just like the players. I mean, it was next level. And then you get on the plane, and then you're walking by, you know, Kucherov and Vazzy, and you're just it's like you're they're all giving you head nods, and it's like this is so surreal. And then you get to the back, <laughs> the back of the plane, and you have a whole row to yourself and they have blankets and pillows like for you to relax. And uh, there's a menu, like a tasting menu. And I'll never forget this. So, right. I, I go to use the restroom and I go to the back of the plane to use the restroom. And I go to the stewardesses area where they, you know, get drinks and make everything. And there's this humongous 
um, charcuterie, like a, like laid out, right? With, and I'm like, and I literally was, you know, going to the restroom, like, that's really nice that, you know, the airline, you know, provides all this food for you guys to munch on back there. They're like, this isn't for us. This is for you guys. And we're like, I'm like, is there, what? There's us? literally <laughs> a charcuterie board on the back of the plane. You just go back and grab what you want and stack. And that's on top of the menu and all the different things that you can choose. So like again, real meals. Yes. Like literally you can like braised short rib or would you like, you know, chicken breast with asparagus. And I'm like that to me, I was like, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, stay. So <laughs> the flight over really set the tone. Um, but then again, like you said, you get over there, the guys have a schedule, they're practicing, they're doing what they're doing. I'm doing stuff with the league. We're going through rehearsal. We had like a mini skills competition that we had over there during practice days and all of that. But on the night before uh, the very first game versus Buffalo, we were, um, it was the group of us from the Lightning crew. The players had gone to a sports bar somewhere in downtown Stockholm and Bill Wickett, who at the time, you know, was with the PR and, and overseeing players. He gives us a call and says, Hey, why don't you guys come up and have a beer with us? And we're like, awesome. So the crew of us, we all go to this sports bar in Stockholm. And when we get there again, it's loud, it's boisterous. Um, and it took me a minute to realize like once we got in there that there was nobody else in there, but lightning staff, like all the players, all the coaches, they literally shut down the sports bar just for the lightning contingency. Come to find out Victor Hedman knew the owner of the sports bar. And so he obviously shut the bar down just so that the guys could come and hang out and enjoy themselves. And so I remember just sitting there at the bar with our crew, just having a drink. And I just remember watching the guys and just guys being guys, just hanging out with each other, all as a huge group. All the tables were pushed together. Really shooting the shit. Yeah, they're all just, you know, shooting the crap and just, you know, laughing and just, it was just such a good, warm, inviting atmosphere. And to just be sitting there watching it and watching the guys bond together it was an amazing experience just sitting there having a beer, watching these guys, you know, enjoying the company of each other was amazing. And literally after we left the bar that night, everybody's spirits were higher. Everybody was feeling great. I believe Hetty, you know, because he's a co-owner in a soccer team, I think that his team had won a championship. And so they mm -hmm. had invited Hetty and some of the guys to go. Uh, celebrate the championship with the team at a club. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know, we're not going to be out too late because obviously we have a game tomorrow. So they went their way. We went our way. And that was that. And little did I know that that night would be the precursor. Like they all refer back to Sweden, as you said, <laughs> in their interviews, as that was the trip that we all came together, that we all, you know, dug deep and we bonded and the rest is history. And it led to two Stanley Cups. So to be in that environment that they bonded at, I mean, yes, you're on a trip together and all that. But to be in that environment, I asked Bill Wickett Just when I saw watching. them. Yeah, I said, this is so cool that these guys, you know, when they go on these road trips, they all get to hang out with each other like this. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, they never get to just hang out in a big group like this because when they're on the road, it's so structured between the time you land, between the time you have practice, mm -hmm. between the time you have a meal, between the time you have time to go take a nap, and then you're on the ice and you're back on the plane. They don't have time to go out and hang out as a huge group like that ever. So, again, I attribute their success and their Stanley Cup run, as they do, to that night at that sports bar in Stockholm. And I was a fly on the wall, so to speak, in that <laughs> environment to watch it happen. And it was amazing.
it would have felt like a twilight zone for me just realizing i mean yeah the way that you described it all of that going on and i just would have been like holy crap like look at this and now when that conversation happens yeah you were you were a part of that you were in that which is amazing so we're almost done with you here greg but um i'm gonna throw a little a little shootout your way my producer's probably like what the heck is going on some rapid fire questions here we go How do you prepare for some of the names that you have to pronounce in hockey? Is there a preparation? Do you just wing it? Or do you want to know what I attempt to do? (laughs) So I normally will never wing it. And it's not just players. I have guests. I have, uh, you know, people that we're honoring or people that, you know, we're giving an award to. And sometimes you look at the name and you're like, what is that? So (laughs) I make sure I either ask, I meet with the person prior to that read or to that presentation And what I do is I will write it in my iPad, how it phonetically sounds. So if it's some crazy long name, I don't care how it's spelled. I'm going to write it out like a three-year-old. Right. I will write it how it sounds to me so that when I read it, I can read my writing and it sounds like your name is supposed to be. So that's how I do it. How do you do? Is it offensive? (laughs) I was going to say, is it offensive if I just kind of wing it and go for a nickname? Like with players, it's kind of easy to figure out the nickname. But if I try to attempt it and it doesn't roll off the tongue, they're getting a new nickname from me. (laughs) I mean, if that's what works for you, then roll with that, mama. That's awesome. (laughs) Would you classify that as offensive? (laughs) I mean, not really. I mean, I I guess everybody has it. I mean, you could call, you know, Pasternak pasta, but I mean, if you call him knock, is that, is that bad? Because you like to say he's knock instead of pasta. I mean, that's your preference. You're a fan. You're allowed to call him whatever you want to. So I'm not going to knock you for that one. All right. All right. I appreciate that. If you had to choose a favorite player right now on the lightning roster, it could just be because of how well they're playing in the season, their role on the team or the unexpected, who would you have to go to? Braden point. Um, I just think that that guy, not that he's underrated, right? Especially to us Lightning fans, we know what he brings to the table. But I think the rest of the league is always hearing Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Braden Point. I don't want to say flies under the radar because I don't think that's the truth at all. I just feel like as far as a gritty player a no-nonsense player who is so unbelievably talented and unbelievably skilled and unbelievably fast on the ice. Humble. Humble. He just, he brings so much to the game, but off the ice, you could be walking in Walmart and have no idea that that's Braden Point. I just feel like that he doesn't get the recognition or the credit for being an elite hockey player because he's on a, on a team that has hall of famers. And he too, I believe, at someday will also be a Hall of Famer. But for me, mm-hmm. just watching his tenacity on every single shift, um, you know, Yanni Gore was another one that I loved when he was here because they're just so tenacious and relentless on the ice on every shift and always giving it 100%. To me, Braden Point is the culmination of that. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Now, you can't pick a line that's already been solidified, at least in the last game. If you could piece together your first line from this current roster, who would it be in your top D pairing? I know. (laughs) I mean, you have to put Kucherov and Stammer. You have to, right? Because they're two of the most elite players in the world. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is a line. And I mean, if you put – I mean, Killer is another one I probably would have to put on there because, again, I feel like Kalorn – 
and Sorelli's another one that they just they put so much into those guys' success. So I would say Cooch, Stammer, Killer. Okay. I'm going to go, obviously, have to go Headman. Um, I'm going to say Bogosian. I'm going to say Bogo. Oh. Right? Because, again, I feel like not like a, a little spicy pairing lately. Yeah, a little spice. You know, they got great hair. Uh, and I feel like maybe that's their superhero uh, attributes is the hair game. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm going to say Stammer, Cooch, uh, Killer, Heady, Bogo. All right. All right. I love that. Uh, final two questions. You brought up hair. So the ultimate hockey hair. Is it the mullet? Is it the slick back? Is it the weird shaving or not weird, but random head shavings? <laughs> For me, I mean, lettuce has got to have some flow to it, right? It's got to, it's got to <laughs> peek out the back of the helmet. It's got to just kind of be wavy in your moves, and, and <laughs> I love it when they when they grow it out. I mean, some of our guys look amazing when they're clean cut as well. Um, but I think that the lettuce, the flow, has become such a part of the game. Um, and the crazier, wackier it is, the more more mullety it is. Mullety a word, but the more mulletish it is, <laughs> for me, it's just always going to be superior. Always. Oh. All right. We got, yes, the lettuce is definitely a part of it. You don't know hockey without a flow or vice versa. So sure. that is for sure. <laughs> and then last but very much not least, the best advice that you could give just for the role that you play in not only the sports community, but the industry. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's a tough industry. It's very time consuming. I don't think yeah. people really realize on the outside looking in the time, the effort, the tireless um, days that just all start to blur at some point that go into it. But um, what would you say? The biggest advice that's gotten you here and that you would give to anybody else that wants to be in this industry? Um, I would say, you know, your work ethic is going to be paramount, right? And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, we do things that we, you know, you know, you don't always want to do and you're tired and it's not, I don't feel up to it, but those are the times that you have to dig deep, right? And those are the times that you're going to have to put your best foot forward because it's in those times of adversity that are going to make you stronger and you're going to learn the most from those situations. For me, 16 years of doing this now, you know, there's been a lot of ups and there's been a lot of downs, more ups than downs, especially in the last decade. Um, but that grind, that steady grind, being humble, remembering that you are in a position um, to be engaging and you're in a position to always have a smile on your face and to greet every fan, whether they're the visiting fan or a home fan with a smile and make them feel welcome. I'm so blessed to have the job that I have and I never take it for granted. And I know that, um, you know, on those days when you're tired and you don't feel that great, you still have to find a way to power through it because people are depending on you. They're depending on seeing your smile. They're depending on hearing your voice. They're depending on, uh, you know, taking them away from their daily grind and everything they have going on in their life so that they can escape to have some entertainment and to kind of get lost in the game. And you're a part of that. So remember that and treat them as such. And I think, again, just being me, you know, not trying to be something I'm not. You know, I obviously I'm passionate about this team. I'm passionate about hockey, you know, and again, I, that's just allowed me to to grow and develop into the person I've become today. And, you know, just stay the course. You know, if you don't if you're not quite where you're you hope you were at this age or this part of your life, but you have a goal, you have a mission, stick with it, because if you give up. Or you say, you know, it's just not for me. It could have been that next week where that opportunity finally was going to come your way. So 
even when you're down and out or you don't feel like things are going your way, just stay the course because good things will happen. Our Tampa Bay Lightning are a perfect example of that. They could have just hung it up back when we got swept by the Blue Jackets, but they stayed the course and look what's happened since. You know what? I don't think anyone's decided to use that reference better than in this moment. And I myself could have used that reminder a lot. So I will be throwing that up there. Don't leave it at the sweep. You keep going. Thank you so much for not only the advice, but sharing your experiences and so much more with us, Greg. Guys, follow Greg at Greg Wolf TBL. Catch whatever he's hosting because it's heating up as well as all new Block Party podcast drops. I'm so glad that you joined us. Thank you so much for your time and chatting with us. I might run into you down in, uh, in Sunrise or Fort Lauderdale, okay. whatever they want to call it. Um, yeah. I had two head down on Wednesday, but I'll be figuring out the lay of the land as it is my first one. And yes, awesome. I will be slightly biased to the, to the Tampa Lightning. I'll just let everybody know that ahead Love of time. That. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here at Pucks and Bolts. Once again, keep up to date with all exciting episodes like this one. Download the Odyssey podcast. Search Pucks and Bolts. Hit that auto download button and stay privy to all the excitement coming down share with friends family hockey fans lightning fans thank you so much for joining me again greg this has been pucks and bolts and we will catch you next time thanks casey 2400 sports is an odyssey company